0: hey everyone and welcome to behind the box i'm your host sherry and we'll be interviewing passionate people who are on top of their game discussing all things workplace culture and diving a little deeper into thought-provoking topics we think you'll love we truly hope it makes a positive difference to your life business or workplace thanks for listening Hey everyone, in this episode, I speak with Melbourne mum, Sharon Turin. She's the founder and CEO of Slim Secrets. I actually came across her brand because I was looking for healthy snacks to include in Brainy Box. So she saw a gap in the market 14 years ago and has now taken her brand globally. Her ambassadors span from musicians to TV celebrities and sports stars. What I really like about Sharon's story with Slim Secrets is that it started from a place of purpose and passion, and I'm really excited to share it with you all. Thank you for listening in, and I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. obviously you know you from uh, discovering um, Slim Secrets through Brainy box while I was looking for healthy snacks, yep. and then I started looking into your journey and I just found it so fascinating. So, maybe for those that don't know you or haven't heard of your brand, do you want to give us a bit of an introduction?
1: Sure, not a problem. I started Slim Secrets, it's already been 14 years now. I can't believe time flies when you're having fun. I know, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and it all started, it looked it, it started as as a hobby and I really saw a gap in the market for convenient, nutritionally balanced, great tasting snack products um, that were, re- it's really about permissible indulgence. And when I started uh, 14 years ago, I just didn't find those healthy snacks sitting on the shelves that, you know, had all those characteristics and just decided that I would, you know, bring out some fun sounding bars and um, offer them to offer them at the time I was working as a health and wellness coach. So offering them to my clients and it really just started from there and escalated very quickly when I launched again because there wasn't a lot on the market in terms of healthy snack, convenient products. um, It really took off very quickly.
0: And how did you manage to do that? Because if you started this 15 years ago, obviously now someone going into business, it's a lot easier to start. Whilst it's really hard to actually get a business going and make it successful, it's a lot easier to enter the market. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So could you talk to us about how you went about doing that, um, you know, in a time where social media wasn't such a big thing and, you know, getting Mm. access and finding out about all these products wasn't as easy.
1: Correct. In in fact, 14 years ago, Google, which is still my best friend, was my best (laughs) friend in those days. And and through Google, I actually found, you know, people to make the product. I didn't even, when a product, I'm talking about three uh, protein-based bars snack bars and so i used google to find a contract manufacturer um you know d- a distributor who one of them i'm actually working with still 14 is two of them actually 14 years down the track so it was really um a matter of you know finding the right connections early on and luckily you know i was able to do that through google and then when finding the right connections and ensuring that the product is something that I would want to eat and I would want to give to my clients. You know, I knew we had three, at the time, launched three bars. I knew we had three great products. And it was not as simple, like you said, as today to get it out into the market. Um, But at the time, it really wasn't something I was really aiming to do because it was going to be a hobby. So I didn't put that pressure on myself. I was very lucky because I actually had a connection to uh, Boost Juice and um, within, within about three months of launching, Boost Juice actually popped the bars onto their um, counters in, in all their locations. So from a marketing perspective, it was extremely uh, lucky for us.
0: Oh, for sure. You hit the jackpot. <laughs>
1: Definitely, definitely. And look, and it's funnily enough, within a very short time, we were also then, you know, contacted by Coles and Woolworths. Today that would not happen because the market is so cluttered, as you know. Yes. <laughs> and um, we, we, were, we stood out from the crowd, especially our marketing as well, in terms of, you know, the branding, the the female focus, the nutritional balance, et cetera. Was, it really did stand out.
0: Yeah definitely because I remember back then what was out there was probably more towards people who were maybe uh, having a more like bodybuilding lifestyle so much more male orientated products much more higher in protein probably higher in carbs and females probably weren't even drawn to any of those products so that would have definitely stand out in those stores and I think that link to boost is amazing as well because yeah. that product just it actually goes so well with your brand as well they're both really fun and bright um and so I, I know you mentioned you were in the health and wellness industry and that's kind of how you started out with the hobby but then I also noticed that you started out your journey in law did you uh, practice law ever or how did you go from doing that to going to pharmacy i saw as well and then health <laughs> and wellness <laughs>
1: okay okay it's a real journey i um something i've always wanted to be is a mum <laughs> and oh, okay. you'll understand where that comes from very soon um ever since i was little that's all i ever wanted to do was be a mum so i although i practiced although i practiced although i study law um in my fourth year at law, I was engaged to be married. And in my when I finished law and I was actually um, about to graduate, I was actually seven months pregnant. Oh, so wow. I, I completed my law degree, but I didn't do any articles because uh, I had my first child then. And no. at the time my husband is is or was actually a pharmacist and he had you know a couple of great pharmacies so when when our son Jamie was born it was just so perfect that I could actually go and work in the pharmacies part-time and get me out of the house (laughs) and um, you know and and I loved it I loved um, working in the pharmacies I just everything about it even though I'd never had anything never practiced anything to do with pharmacy or or I just I love the cosmetics I loved the health and wellness aspect uh, I come from a family of doctors and you know very you know a high achieving family and so health was always something that was very in- I was very into anyway so I never um yeah never Practised law, worked in the pharmacies part-time and my husband very selfishly decided that he didn't want to um, own pharmacies anymore so I was out <laughs> of my part-time job.
0: You were uh, out of your back.
1: <laughs> exactly, very selfish. Um, but what it did actually mean was it, it then, I mean, th- I have three children, um, three children while I, whilst I was working in the pharmacies and then when he sold them i decided to go and do something on my own which was probably an amazing catalyst for me and changed you know my whole my whole world really and from so i went and i actually wrote a first aid book with my sister-in-law which was called a grown-ups easy guide to mm. first sorry a grown-ups easy guide to children's first aid and it was incredible. We donated a uh, percent of the sales to SIDS Foundation. Uh, and it was actually a bestseller. And on the counters of the likes of Target, Woolworths, Kmart, et cetera. So that was number one. So, again, that's all to do with health and well-being. And then from there, I then worked with a specialist in an anti-aging clinic and really developed. You oh my know, goodness. Oh, my I goodness. know it's it's, it's, it's a oh, long time. <laughs> so but it was there that I I gathered I got that understanding of health, really of food and nutrition, and worked with nutritionists and understood how important food is uh, to to your overall health.
0: Yeah, wow! And so you wrote this book. Where did that come from? Like, where did the urge or desire to write a book come from? And did you? Um, were you always a good writer? Like if it became a bestseller and you got into uh, sure. said target, it's pretty incredible for your first book. I know.
1: I know. No, you know what? It wasn't, um, it wasn't, it was actually a gorgeous book. It had cartoons and we, you know, we got a cartoonist to do it. So in fact, and it also was used in some of the schools for teaching children um, about first aid. But the the reason it came about was we had a, a relative that had a child that actually died from SIDS and it just we, it just was something we thought my sister-in-law her my who's married to my brother uh is a doctor so it just all came together and it, we just I don't know we just loved the whole process
0: yeah what a beautiful thing to do to raise awareness yeah. as well
1: yeah no it was great it was great
0: and so you mentioned you were brought up in this family full of doctors when you were young yes. um and besides wanting to be a mum, did that ever cross your mind, or what was it like growing up with a family full of doctors?
1: Uh, well, it wasn't it wasn't so much a family full of doctors, my dad's a doctor, and then my mm-hmm. brother became a doctor, and I've got a doctor that's an uncle, my father-in-law is a doctor, my brother-in-law is a doctor okay, that so feels I, <laughs> I, but I didn't grow up full you know in a family with doctors, I actually, it developed. Uh, I, my mum's actually a non-practicing lawyer as well. So I actually followed in her footsteps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, and I worked with my dad in his surgery when I was on school holidays at different times. So I just, I just, I just love that whole, the whole world.
0: Yeah. It feels like from that age you were drawn to the health and wellness industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the value of it. Yep definitely and so when I was looking more into your story and reading some of your articles that you've got out there on LinkedIn I noticed a few interesting photos that popped up and yeah. I was so curious and I really wanted to ask you about it and get those stories out there as well I noticed that there was a picture with you and Kim Kardashian, Kardashian. Yes. Uh, so and you were talking about being invited to events like the Oscars so tell us about how these kind of opportunities came about and, you know, what it's done for the brand as well. Yeah,
1: funnily enough, we are, we were before our time in terms of marketing because now influencer marketing is such a big thing In yeah. in, you know, 14 years ago when all this happened, or actually 12 years ago when it all happened, it really wasn't, but we used it without realizing what it was actually called. So initially what, what happened was the branding was such that, you know, with the bright colours and just very, very different, it attracted uh, a fantastic PR company in the States to contact us and say, would you like to put your products in the goodie bags for, for the Oscars? I think it, it was yeah, 12 years ago. And, and through that we actually did some sampling and gave product to mm-hmm. celebrities and... Through the PR company, I was actually invited to Elton John's Oscars party, so, which is amazing, and it's <laughs> it's, cha- it's charity-based, but it's just, it was incredible. Like, every person I looked at, I knew, and I thought, oh, you know, you think you know them, but you actually don't, um, but they're all celebrities, singers, actors, uh, it was just unbelievable to... know to be involved and you know I was chatting to the likes of Sharon Stone and you know Ellen and to name drop a few Uh, but it was fantastic but what it did was it gave us ammunition and you know like photos opportunities and and I was contacted in LA by radio stations to do interviews about what people were wearing and you know what can you tell us so from a PR perspective it was unbelievable and you know something today, you just can't replicate with the whole social media world. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah mm-hmm. So met lots of fun people, and you know today I st- I still do, which is great.
0: And so tell us what it's like. Tell us what uh, Ellen's like in person. We don't even. She. Like do you know what she? She's divine. She's
1: divine. Elton John is incredible. You know, I've been to a couple of them now, a couple of the parties now, and, you know, he's incredible. They're they're all all humans like us and um, they've just, you know, they're just great at a certain area of whether it's acting or music. But look, you know, dancing on the dance floor to Elton John singing and uh, there were a whole lot of other singers performing And, you know, I've got Lionel Richie next to me. And it was just unbelievable. So, but they're all great. They're all, you know what, most of them are just normal everyday people like you and I. They're just, yeah, they're just
0: humans, but just extremely talented humans. That would have been amazing on that dance floor.
1: Oh, unbelievable. (laughs) Oh,
0: crazy. And I also read that you um, put a bid on something as well and you won the opportunity to meet Oprah. Did that but I, yeah, I was reading it. I didn't see the photo op you were talking about. So did that happen? Did you end up meeting yes. her as well?
1: Yes, I did. I went with my daughter and the two of wow. us, you know, we chatted to her and she's someone that I've always, you know, I, you know, I, if you ask me a question about who my hero is, uh, she's definitely um, up there at the top. I just, you know, what she's done, you know, in her world in so many ways is is unbelievable. So to meet her in person and have a photo and just have a two minute chat, which was all it was, uh, is is fantastic.
0: Oh, wow. And how old was your daughter at the time when she met Oprah? Did she, you know, did she realize who Oprah was? Was she old enough? My
1: daughter was pregnant at the time. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah. She so, what she was old. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she she
0: really um appreciated it. So Oh, that's incredible! And it sounds like just listening to your story, there's so many proud moments there. But my question to you is, what is the one of the most proud moments that you've had in this entire journey?
1: It is so so hard to actually find one. Um, I can list about three, but that's I could list about twenty three. But look, really, I suppose from the start, just to actually see a finished product that you know you put your heart and soul into sitting on the shelves of major supermarkets is something that, you know, every time I sort of go into the supermarkets and I see there, it's 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 very, it's a great feeling. But even better than that is to see somebody putting it in their trolley. Now, that that I love. And I just, I, and I remember one day sitting on an airplane, again with my daughter, and um, she saw one of the um, airline stewards actually eating Slim Secrets products at the front of the plane, uh, and she, and she says, "I'm going to tell them it's yours." And I said, "No, no, no, no." Anyway, she did. She was so she was so excited to say, "That's my mum's brand."
0: Oh. Uh, I was about yeah. to. If you ever go up to them and be like, "Oh my gosh, you're eating my products."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a, it's amazing. So that's number one. Number two, real, which is really important, is is emails from customers. You know, testimonials, customers coming back and saying, Look, thank you. You've you know, you've helped me in whatever you know goals that they're you know they're trying to achieve." It can be weight loss, it can be health, it can be fitness. Um, we have a lot of gluten-free products. So, you know, they're gluten-free and they haven't been able to find a healthier gluten-free snack. So it's really, it's about our customers and getting those, you know, feedback from customers is absolutely awesome. And, yeah. And then lastly, but it's not last, um, yeah. it is. Uh, we've won a number number of awards and you know to to win you know or be voted by consumers product of the year a few years ago for our bear bars was unbelievable and you know we were like one of the few non-major brands as in I think Aldi won a lot of awards Coles did and Slim Secret so it was such an honour and and also to um I was Telstra business finalists many years ago and and that so so those accolades certainly you know make me proud.
0: Yeah wow it's amazing and honestly those um, bars are so good they're so simple and delicious so everyone must try them. (laughs) What's your favourite out of all the range that you've got because you've got quite a few different things like you've got cookies you've got the bars and you've got puddings do you have a favourite?
1: Oh look, I go through such stages. Uh, I love, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I love our metabolism boost, which was one of our first bars, and and the craving crusher. Um, but lately, I've been eating a lot of our fit and fab, which uh, oh, like a cream yeah, caramel, yeah. very low carb, um, smaller bar and at chocolate love bites
0: are uh, Yes. yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're,
1: they're sitting on my desk as we speak
0: wow <laughs> oh, delicious um and one other really uh huge moment for you that I was also reading about was when you saw your brand at the um i think it was the wimbledon uh tennis and it was up like it it was there with the brands like rolex etc that that would have been a hu- another really huge moment to see your brand you know overseas with those with those you know widely famous product brands and products as well
1: absolutely we we actually sponsored uh, angelique herber as one of our brand ambassadors this was a few years ago when she was actually number one female tennis player in the world so you know that in itself you know for her to be endorsing and you know enjoying our bars was unbelievable and yeah her major sponsors were adidas rolex um gosh what was the other one and porsche was it porsche anyway one of those and slim secrets so that was an absolute wow moment you know to see her sitting on the court and you know she's she's got our um our logo on her sports bag and having the bars there so yeah pretty amazing
0: that's amazing, yeah. and she's I think she's only like number 15 now in the world. So she's right up there still, which is incredible.
1: Oh, she won she won um, she won the Wimbledon last year, so she's she's still you know yeah, she's amazing.
0: That's incredible. And so is this uh, so you sponsoring Angelique, did, but how did that come about? Is that through a PR agency that you have or is that through your network um, of people that you've met along the way?
1: Uh, funnily enough, it was from an American uh, company that contacted us and wanted us to do some um, influ- like uh, influencer marketing. You know, they had an amazing um, repertoire of, of people on their books, you know, just from all walks of life. And at the time I'd said, look, it's something I'd love to do, but with a sports person initially. Uh, we actually did it together with Avril Levine as well. Uh, she did been- so wow yeah that was that was another story. That one? <laughs> yeah no oh that was that was incredible she um she, that was it was actually oh, a bizarre yeah. story can I yes, tell you because this is yeah. a very funny story so she uh, posted a couple of photos for us which was fantastic and the one thing that we decided with her was she wanted to donate what we paid her for the promotion to um her charity for Lyme's disease but she said um, she doesn't do any, she really doesn't do any promotional posts unless and she, unless she loves a product. And she actually found our product because she was, um, her agent was the same guys that did Angelique for us. So she had our products, loved them. And so sponsorship was not something that she had done. She, I think she's sponsored one other product. So when she posted these photos, she actually hadn't put out an album for quite some time. And there was which I didn't realize there was a conspiracy theory around that she had actually died and gone to heaven. And this person called, yeah, this person called Melissa had come and taken over her body and was posting and it looked like her, but it wasn't it wasn't Avril. Anyway, it was bizarre. So when she posted the photo with Slim Secrets, which is something that she doesn't usually do in terms of promote a brand it all of a sudden went crazy that it's definitely Melissa and Avril has died and it went wild (laughs) so all of a sudden my Twitter as in Slim Secrets Twitter and social media went we were actually about to jump on a plane and all of a sudden these notifications kept coming up I'm going oh my god what is going on Anyway, then we found out what was happening. We were getting, again, this is another PR experience. We were getting phone calls from JB Mail, um, all these overseas um, companies saying, you know, do you know if it is Avril? Is she alive? It was, anyway, it was.
0: <laughs>
1: so that's my, that's my, another one of my crazy stories. <laughs> anyway, she is that's alive. She just put out an album and she's divine. <laughs>
0: oh wow wow that is amazing that is such a great story honestly
1: yeah very funny
0: Uh, yeah wow and so so it sounds like you've had so many amazing beautifully high moments and I also read that your son is now working with you is he still working with you
1: he is he looks after our international uh, market which is growing thanks to him and, um, look, I'm loving it. I probably want to, probably one of the things that I missed, uh, originally when I started Slim secrets, cause I really didn't, you know, focus on it being a business was that, um, I w I did it on my own. So to have Jamie in the business, he's been working with me for five years now is fantastic. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's having a partner, it's having someone to bounce ideas off it's someone you know who you want to strangle someone I tell him (laughs) and um and that's happening a lot (laughs) no no and and you know it's it's fantastic and he's really you know and he brings he brings he brings a whole different perspective a young perspective um a young mindset to you know to the brand as well which is which is great and a whole different outlook so yeah loving
0: it and being someone who's always wanted to be a mum, it must be an absolute dream to have your son work in a business you've created as well. Definitely.
1: In fact, at my daughter also worked. She she worked with us in our in marketing area before she uh, had her family. So she worked with it. And, our, and my youngest son, he helped. I mean, at one stage, we had to put stickers on products for Canada and and overseas, and you know, he he was fantastic helping, and he's he's the best taste tester. So really, all all the kids and my husband have all had an involvement, which is which has been terrific.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, so you and and you mentioned just before that. Uh, it's really nice to have your son working with you now because you can bounce ideas off him and you've got kind of one another to vent. But when you, when he wasn't on board, how did it go with you kind of doing everything yourself? Did you ever feel any, um, you know, any tough times doing things alone or did you feel like you kind of had built up your strong network of people that you were able to bounce ideas off? And speak Before, to? Yeah.
1: Before Jamie came on board, I, I had one other person working with me and, sh- and you know, she's absolutely fantastic. So, you know, it, that was, so, in adverted commas, sort of like a partner. It was certainly, you know, when there were any issues. My relationship, because we work so closely as a, a very small team, it was an ama- it is an amazing relationship um, that we have. So that, that really helps uh, in, in that respect. But, you know, challenges, there are so many challenges that, you know, I come across along the way and to be able to, yeah, to even talk to my husband about, you know, these things. I've also got some amazing girlfriends that, you know, also own their own businesses. So that, you know, that network is invaluable too.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can imagine because people can get so lonely when they're starting something new uh, by themselves. So that just to bounce off that one person I think can make all the difference absolutely and you touched on you know going through challenges along the way just for the purpose of maybe helping someone out there that has gone through something similar to you how have you gone you know through those challenges and how were you able to overcome them
1: oh look some of the challenges it's just it's going to be very difficult to overcome because I I would consider probably one of my main challenges is that I use contract manufacturers. So I have no control over timeframes, pricing, uh, lots of, you know, lots of, lots of issues. I just don't have that control. So, you know, if someone is in that same position as me, it's, it's a fantastic thing not to actually have to worry about a production facility but on the other hand it has its negatives how i overcome it i'm going to tell you it's extremely difficult uh to overcome so what i do is i just go for a walk and listen to a podcast or a book and um and just try and clear my head that way because there there are no answers to to that unless you actually have your own facility and then you have different problems
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly there's always problems it's just how you manage them and it sounds like The way that you're doing that is just by trying to relax in nature, switch off, and manage your stress in that way. That's, hundred percent correct. And what was the um, decision for you to do contract manufacturing versus owning your own? Was it just the way that it had come about from the beginning, and that's kind of what you what you knew, or was there a reason why? It was just,
1: yeah, it was just the way it all started from the beginning. I, as I said, it was really just going to be a hobby (laughs) Uh, and yeah, this, this hobby, but, and, and and even along the way, I have had opportunities to purchase production facilities and it's not, it's not what I want to do. I, I, what, what, what we do is we're a brand um, of products rather than a manufacturer. So I just, it's just not something I, I could. I could, sorry, I could do it. It's just not something that I would like to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great way to do things. Pick all the things that you're good at and you love doing and delegate the rest to yeah. others. And I,
1: absolutely. And I love, I mean, I love the whole marketing aspect of, of branding. So that's, that's what I've always, you know, if I get emails and it's to do with marketing, that's the first email I'll actually go to. Cause I, I just, I just love that whole, that whole, you know, area and I suppose that's what a brand is it's all about marketing in the end
0: yeah definitely and so tell us maybe about one of your favorite campaigns or some, something that you've done in the marketing space that's worked really well that maybe was unexpected or you've just really enjoyed doing I know you've mentioned a couple already that sound amazing with sponsorship but are they yeah. other ones that are really memorable
1: look it's things like um and everything's changed the whole um, the whole advertising you know has changed. We used to do some fantastic ads in the likes of NW magazine and woman's day and and health magazines and those had incredible uh, results when when we did although the ads probably less when we got PR and the PR actually went into the magazines that that was uh, you know, we, we saw the immediate results, but I'm talking many years ago, but recently we just did, which was fantastic with Sophie Monk, who I'm sure we'll we'll get to and talk about, but Sophie um, went into radio stations and she did a whole, whole lot of, she went into a few different radio stations and, you know, was talking about Slim Secrets and her relationship with the brand. And that was, you know, we just watched our online, we've got an online shop as well. And we just Mm -hmm. could see, you know, sale, 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 sale. Emails, inquiries. So it was it was incredible impact,
0: really. Wow! And how did that all come about? Is that also through the agency you work with or through your network? And how did you decide on Sophie? Obviously, she's an incredible Australian icon. She suits the brand so much. Like she's a little bit quirky and fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so how, yeah. Tell us about that. At one stage,
1: I was working with a consultant a few years ago who was helping with our marketing, who is the most amazing person, And she saw previews of Sophie uh, before The Bachelor, and she said to me, "You know something, I actually think she's going to be loved even more so by the Australian public. And why don't you approach her agent now before it you know all starts because often you know it's too late after when you know their profile grows." Yeah and see you know if there's any opportunity. so I sent product and spoke to her agent and 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 we could just see even from the first episode she had such an incredible rapport with the camera and with the public that I I just knew that she was going to be a fantastic um, person to to have a relationship with our brand so yeah it was a no-brainer we've and we've actually you know even though she was a brand ambassador for us we then um, established a range of products together and and you know we're hoping to do a lot more
0: awesome and they're the chocolate bites right are there any other products that you've worked with her on
1: not yet but we've we've got more which we're which we're talking about so that will be in 20 in in 2020 (laughs) sorry i I can't talk about it (laughs) no unfortunately I can't but you know with Sophie you know you do mention she's the perfect alignment with our brand because you know we're not it life is not I think sometimes we've got too serious in terms of so many aspects of life and one of them is our food you know you've got people that are protesting against you know this and that and Mm -hmm. and really in the end we just wanted it to, to lighten things up a bit and with her it's sh- with her humor and and also too she's she's you know always on the go and traveling and again our products are just so perfect for, for that target market as well
0: so yeah yeah I love it and so you've been running this business for 15 years you said yeah how do you think time has changed and leadership style has changed and what do you think is needed today in today's world from a leadership perspective what do you think's worked really well for you
1: okay look my husband who's a business speaker and actually talks about this he would be much better to speak about (laughs) but (laughs) but I've learned a bit from him I've learned a bit um look look I just think the world is so rapidly changing and what it means for leadership is that Leaders are actually needed more than ever now. And, you know, when we're facing the unknown, we need strong leaders to actually, you know, guide us through that uncertainty. And a changing world means that leaders also need to change, or leaders need to be agile, you know, to adapt to to all these changes. And look, one of the things that I have learnt from my husband is that, you know, great leaders need to bring out the best in everyone rather than shining Mm -hmm. themselves. That's not always an easy thing to do and, you know, you see a lot of leaders actually, it's all about me. Um, but, you know, the ability, so so that's number one, the ability to be nimble and agile and make leadership changes that will boost not just the leader's growth but also, you know, that of his or her organisation is is extremely popular, popular, is extremely necessary. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, to be a true leader, you need to have that mindset shift from me to we. Um, Develop a growth mindset. I think is a much better approach than focusing on also hitting simple goals. Uh, And lastly, making the shift, I think, to valuing diversity also, and that's something that has changed over the years, brings a greater value and richness to you know to lead to leadership and also to life. So. I think those elements are really important today and more so
0: than ever. I completely agree. And one that you mentioned that really stands out to me is the the ability to make those sometimes really hard decisions in business. Yep. And you mentioned that your uh, husband actually talks about all of this. And so he must be so great just to bounce off when you're going through, you know, making these types of decisions. Yep. What, what have you done to create that mindset where you know you have the strength to make those hard calls, um, especially if you if you're a new leader or you're just starting out in your business or you know you're just developing as a leader? From your perspective, what has helped you create that strength to make those hard calls and being nimble and have that growth mindset?
1: Do you know something? I think something that has helped me, and I, I think it would probably help others. And it's it's actually that feeling of empowerment. Now, I I mentioned that when my husband sold his pharmacies and I actually went out on my own, it it changed my whole um, perspective of myself, and I grew as a person. And you know, I went from being, you know, I suppose I, I, my whole per, I think my whole personality changed. And I grew in terms of strength and, you know, being able to say yes and no and making decisions that I might not have been able to make before. And even, you know, even liaising with people that I would have shrunk back and, you know, not liaised with previously. So I think it all comes from within yourself as a person. And if you have that confidence within yourself then you have the ability to make those hard decisions and feel that that's going to be the right thing, if that makes sense.
0: No, it definitely makes sense, especially knowing your story and how you started and how this was just a like simple hobby and yes. you know it turned into a business. It just goes to show that you really enjoyed what you were doing, you really believed in the product and that confidence came from that belief in what you were doing. And that really comes through in all the interactions you have with people because you don't feel like you're trying to sell them something because you believe in it so much that you speak with it, you speak with conviction when you're talking about what you do and where it's going. So, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense and I think it definitely Mm -hmm. helps people shift that mindset as well. And it's also important to just become self-aware too to think, okay, if I'm not confident, why is my confidence slow? Do I care about what people think, or is it because I don't believe in what I'm doing? and it's kind of uncovering what those things might be if if you've started something and you don't have that confidence and belief in yourself.
1: Correct. And the other important thing is is the relationship aspect too, because if there is something that I'm not confident in and I'm not sure about, you have to know when it's time to delegate certain things or get advice from certain people and i think that's one thing that i have enjoyed i've had advisors around and you know i there i i can tell you i have certain things that are not my strength at all and you know i just listen to the advice of others and you know I've built some incredible relationships over the years and to me actually if you say what's one of the best things about you know what 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 I've done the last 15 years it's actually the relationships that have been built up with people and and the learning curve as well.
0: Yeah wow it's it's always amazing when you meet people like-minded people who are also really interested in what you're doing and they believe in it and creating that network of people is just yeah yeah, incredible thing and it's a great part of actually stepping out and doing something really different definitely and so my next question is about workplace culture and I actually don't know how your business is structured but I'm keen to know how it is and if workplace some workplace culture is something that you focus on or it's just something that's organically being created um Yeah, I'd love to hear about that from you.
1: Sure. We are, as I mentioned, a small team. There's actually three of us in the team. And the reason for that is that we outsource um, a lot of what we do. So as I mentioned, contract manufacturers, you know, we have a contract warehouse. We um, have social media team that look after our social media accountants, Mm. um, a designer we outsource. So everything that we actually, or a lot of what we do is outsourced. So we can keep the team very small. And workplace culture, what I mean, the, one of the girls that works, well, the girl that works with me, Angela, who is absolutely fantastic that I mentioned previously, she um, works from her own home office. She has, you know, small kids who are at school, so she's right near where the school is, and just, just you know, she's able to go and pick them up from school, drop them off, and it makes her life easier. So from, you know, a flex, a flexibility aspect, uh, it's fantastic. If you know the kids are sick, she can go and pick them up. So that that part of work culture is is very important. And then Jamie lives in Sydney so he's got his own office in Sydney. So really for us work culture is is probably not that important as it would be in a in a large organisation.
0: Yeah that makes that makes sense and it sounds like an absolute dream to be able to Live so flexibly like that, you know, being able to pick up your kids, being around them near their school. Um, yep. And what I'm interested to know is then from a workplace culture perspective, obviously, you know, you've got a tight team and you've been able to out- outsource a lot of things to, you know, for social media or for design work or the manufacturers, as you mentioned. I guess then it comes down to the one on one relationships you have with those teams. Um, that allow for them to do great work for you, versus
1: Definitely.
0: the culture yeah. being created in when you think about a company that's got you know maybe fifty people on the floor or whatever it might be. Yeah, and
1: it, you know what, it's it, it, and you still have to manage all those all those people. So it really, in some way, yeah. way, is is part of. I mean, well, it is part of your business, but and you're managing. I mean, on a day to day, I'm liaising with, you know, social media or you know the warehouse or, you know, Angela's liaising with our designer. So it's, it's you know, it's a day, daily occurrence that, you know, we're dealing with them. And um, so it has to be managed as well.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. And so the last question I always ask is about heroes and who are your heroes and why? And I know you mentioned Oprah as being one of your big heroes. Yep. Are there, is there anyone else? And it doesn't have to be people that are famous. It can be people that are in your... In your everyday life as well
1: yeah look obviously um I talk about my family a little bit <laughs> and Hi. they are incredible so uh, I, my whole family you know from husbands kids parents brothers sisters um gosh have I hope I've named them all whole family <laughs> in-laws everyone <laughs> uh, in all different ways you know they all um they all support everything that I do, but more importantly, um, I admire everything that they do. So they are definitely all my heroes. The other the other thing that I love doing, and I mentioned podcasts, and mm. I listened to a fantastic podcast called How I Built This, and it's oh. all about these companies, yeah. you know, that are doing unbelievable things in today's, you know, day and age. And so many of them have started from an idea or from you know a background where they had nothing um, to start with and they've built up these incredible businesses and I just oh, I mean I could name a few and you know there's some in our industry like you know RX bar and Lara bar and you know this these are a couple of American companies um, but there's so many of them that I just I've listened to their journey and I just absolutely admire everything about them and and yeah so, they're all my heroes
0: uh, Rx and Lara but they are they Australian or American I feel like no, no, <laughs> no
1: they' they're American but they're all on this on this how I built this podcast and some of the stories that you listen to are just you know just fantastic so I, I admire them very much um, a lot of, in fact just about every one of them on, on how I built this I go oh my gosh that is unbelievable how they did that is
0: just incredible so oh, wow. yeah. Oh. And that's literally what everyone's going to think when they hear this podcast, Sharon.
1: (laughs) I hope hope so.
0: (laughs) For sure. Look, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Your story is just so fascinating and um, I'm excited to share it with everyone.
1: Oh, thank you. And I'm excited to hear more about Brainy Box and see see them everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yes, let's get out those Brainy Boxes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Sharon. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Behind the Bee Box. My journey with Brainy Box has inspired me to share what I've learned from others with you in the hope it makes a positive difference to your life, business or workplace. Your feedback and love is what keeps me going. So please follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Brainy Box or connect with me on LinkedIn at Sherry Amami. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you soon.